Welcome to the Friday edition of Couch Potato Diary, coming to you from the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions broadcast studio. Clearwater Cleaning Solutions is a one-stop, locally-owned commercial and residential cleaning company that focuses on providing the highest level of cleaning services and supplies to their clients. You can visit them online at clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. You can find me online, Twitter and Instagram. I am at primetimecline, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. You can email the show, couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. The music for the show, provided by Wasted Talent. Find them on Instagram. Instagram at Wasted Talent with X is where the A's would be. Um, so a couple of interviews on the show today. We have Girona back to talk about how amazing fr- uh, last Sunday night was for AEW with Revolution. And we'll be joined by the Canadian crusher, AJ Sanchez, as we continue to chat with some of the more prominent fixtures on Can-Am Wrestling. A uh, reminder, if you want to get in on the WrestleMania contest that we have on the go right now, um, there is an Instagram post at uh, prime, uh, at Primetime Klein on Instagram. It's the one that says contest on it. If you share that post, you get an entry. If you leave a written five-star review for Couch Potato Diary, you get an entry. Also, if you can share with me that you've done that, it makes my life a whole lot easier. Uh, and you can follow me on twitch.tv slash primetimepk to get an entry form. You rank your WrestleMania predictions um, by most confident to least confident. Each of those is assigned a point uh, a total, and the person with the most points gets a $25 gift card from Sea of Dead, a free residential cleaning from Clearwater Cleaning Solutions, and two free tickets to a Can-Am wrestling show April 20th at the back alley. So... Um, do all of those things and enter that contest. Normally we talk about football or fights on Fridays, but Major League Baseball is back. Opening day is in the beginning of April. Spring training is getting underway this weekend. And I would like, the the only analysis I have is it's about damn time. You know, like I, I don't have intricate details on the CBT getting raised. That's super. Um, I think it's very interesting that there is a draft lottery. And honestly, for... I don't understand why these things hold up so much for, for an organization that, or for, um, yeah, organization for just a, a, a genre that sports is, that is so hung up on trying to make as much money on must see TV events as possible. Draft lotteries are pretty must see. So I, I think that's intriguing. I love that there's no designated hitter anymore. That's fantastic. And I love that baseball is coming back. I talked on the Fresh Take Network about, I wonder how many people were just fully turned off by this and won't be coming back to baseball. I don't know if it's going to be an appreciable amount. Like, I don't think there's going to be 5,000 fans at Yankee Stadium or anything like that. But baseball now has an image problem that they need to focus on. CBA stuff is out of the way. I don't know how long it's been ratified for, but it's it's for at least this season. So don't worry about all that stuff now. There needs to be a real focus on winning the baseball fan back and a real focus on marketing the stars, something we've talked about for a while. This wasn't a sport that was at the top of the mountain and has now taken a step back. This is a sport that has a long hike to go to get back to the levels that it was at its heyday, even 15, 20 years ago to to get back to those levels is going to take a lot. So I think that now Major League Baseball's focus needs to be on the stars of this league. Shohei Otani being on the cover of the video game, fantastic. Mike Trout needs to be focused on. Um, I, I just, I think that this is a... This is a sport that has been in decline for a little bit, and they have done everything they can to speed up that decline, and hopefully they are able to kind of pull the trigger and get back to get back to doing what they they are good at and that or what they were good at, and that was marketing stars and marketing these rivalries because it's it's been it's been a rough go, but 
it, I'm, I'm happy this whole thing is over. I, I don't see anything in here that's like, oh, wow, I can't believe this side made a concession on this. Like, everything in there seems remarkably reasonable. And the fact that it took until March 10th to figure it all out is just stupid. So, there. There's the baseball take. Everything is stupid, but thank you for figuring it out. So, like I said, very wrestling heavy from here on in. Uh, we will hear from G. Rana breaking down everything AEW. And then we'll hear from the Canadian crusher, AJ Sanchez, as we continue on here on the Couch Potato Diary. The music that you hear on Couch Potato Diary is provided by Wasted Talent. You can find them on Instagram at Wasted Talent with X's where the A's would be, and find their producer on Instagram at Tommy Fresh Music. It was a pay-per-view so nice we have to do this twice. It is myself and G Rana once again. Uh, G, it was just a week ago that we talked about how awesome we thought AEW Revolution was going to be. And now here we are today talking about how amazing AEW Revolution was. What an amazing night. One of the best pay-per-views I have ever seen. I have never had five hours fly by so quickly. Um, I, I guess, first of all, how are you? And second of all, oh my God, what a night. Jesus Christ. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> um, you mentioned five hours flying by. I think that's my only critique about this pay-per-view. I thought it was a tad bit too long, but still it, it was absolutely incredible. I mean, we, you know, we talked about it last week of AEW has done a fantastic job of building up their pay-per-views and then also living up to those pay-per-views. Like every pay-per-view is better than the last. And I love the fact that they only do four and those four mean so much because then you can load up a, a, a dynamite or load up a rampage and then, you know, just ride the wave of that. And they have done a fantastic job. And this is just evident of that because mm -hmm. revolution was just fantastic top to bottom. Ah, uh, man. Like I, I even texted you afterwards. I have very few critiques about this. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't know how you could have many. Um, like we no. said, there's a couple and we'll have someone when we go through, but it felt like a night where it had everything for you. Like if you wanted technical wrestling, there was those matches. If you wanted wild brawls, whoo boy, we had those for you. Yeah. If you wanted to see a 63 year old man jump off of a balcony onto a guy through four tables, we had that for you. Like it just, it, it was a night and it, it really is a promotion that has, I feel like, a little bit of a, we could use some more women, but aside from that, um, it, it feels like a, a very, like it just a, a very diverse product right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they do such a good job of rewarding the fan base. And mm -hmm. if you're paying attention, they reward you even more because, you know, there's subtle, subtle little hints every now and then when it comes to, you know, dynamite rampage, even B BTE, mm -hmm. if you pay mentioned like they, they will reward you and it's so it's so refreshing because typically we are used to hey if you pay attention we are going to destroy your intelligence if you watch this you know yeah, totally. Well, and it, it's something that um, Adnan talked about when I had him on talking about his WWE time where like he, he's used from a broadcasting perspective, go back and dwell on the history and dwell yeah. like, well, yeah, these yeah. two teams did this, this and this. And so now in this one, and he was like two weeks ago doesn't exist in their universe. Um, yeah, but in, in, a, in AEW, it's like this thing that happened at a, a fucking indie show in Poughkeepsie. Uh, it now plays into our storyline like they're, they're very, um, very detail oriented that way. 
yeah, they don't insult your intelligence and it's, it's so refreshing, but uh, yeah, yeah, let's, let's get to this. All right. Uh, We will start with where they started with Eddie Kingston taking on Chris Jericho. Um, I guess we're not going to talk about the pre-shows. Oh, sorry. The pre-show. My apology. Um, Layla Hirsch against Chris Statlander. Uh, of all the matches that I've seen in my life, that was one of them. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, that that trios tag match that we saw to, to close out things. Holy, one of the best pre-show matches, I would say, in the history of pre-show matches. That's why I wanted to talk about the pre-show, because Malachi Black and, and the House of Black is just, it's visually, it's stunning, and their in-ring work is phenomenal. And adding Buddy Matthews into the mix, man, again... Again, you were adding layers and, and you're rewarding your, your fan base by paying attention because, yes, these two have history and they had history in a different promotion. And AEW does not shine away from that. And they did a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you have Eric Redbeard now in the mix. And who knows if that's going to be a long-term thing because last time we saw him was the uh, Brody Lee Memorial Show. And uh, after that, we didn't really see him. And so if, if this is something moving forward, whether he's – you know, parts of death triangle or, or just being a singles act. Like I'm on board. Yeah. Yeah. He has like a, a big pre like he's a big dude. Right. Um, yeah. and, he, and he can actually go like, he wasn't a favorite of mine in WWE, but in, in this kind of a role, I, I think like just be the big guy when everyone else is flying around you. I, I think he can be pretty good in that. Yeah. As long as he doesn't have a stupid fucking spider around. That's true. Yeah. Holy crap. I, Talk about like uncovering a repressed memory. I completely <laughs> forgot about that. That stupid cage thing. And then yeah. guys having to be scared of it. And stuff. holy shit. Wow, yeah. man. That's something else to write down. Next time I talk to my therapist. <laughs> oh, well, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Now Eddie Kingston against Chris Jericho. Um, and we are doing this after um, dynamite as well. Um, I know before this, uh, we said, well, let's do dynamite and then let's do, um, or sorry, revolution and then dynamite. But I figured uh, just changing it up on the fly and no one needed to hear this explanation. I don't know why I said it, but let's just kind of like commingle the two here, I guess, where um, Eddie Kingston beats Chris Jericho. First of all, phenomenal match. And I, I really now can't wait to see the next chapter of this after what happened on dynamite. Yeah, absolutely. And, and obviously it was the biggest career or uh, win of Eddie Kingston's AEW career, because, you know, we touched on it and we talked about it prior he hasn't done much in terms of the win-loss thing. He can he can sell out a building by just talking, but in terms of the actual in-ring product, he hasn't won anything. Uh, you know, he's lost to Punk, Brian, a uh, few others, but mm-hmm. like this was easily the biggest win of his career, and the match itself was phenomenal. Uh, Jericho definitely put Kingston over here, and and it was it was great to see Kingston win. And then on Dynamite, you have the promo right to open up the show. Good good stuff right there. I Kingston just I I love the fact that he just shut up the what guy just right off the get go. That was phenomenal because I hate the what chant. A lot of people hate the what chant and the way that to kind of counteract that is to continue to talk. And one of the performers who does it the best, I think, is Ethan Page. Ethan Page, you give him a mic and and if there's a what chant, the guy can still talk and gets over the what chant. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. This is so direct, and I love it even more. Kingston just shutting up a what guy, and then going into a story of FanFest of how four people came up to him and said, hey, you literally saved my life. And then him admitting, I don't care what you say. I cried in my hotel room when I got back after FanFest. Just, again, he can sell out a building by just talking. 
And that in itself is one of the most key skills in professional wrestling. And yeah, just, just great. And, and Jericho sold it as well because mm. you like in my head, I was like, wow, is he turning face now? All right. Well, I guess that's what they're going with this. And then they shake hands because that's all. Well, K- Kingston was just like, you need to shake my hand instead of I need to shake your hand. And they shake hands and then everything just implodes. Yeah. Inner circle, basically no more. And you bring in 2.0 and Daniel Garcia now into the fold. And yeah, Jericho is full-fledged deal. Um, I think it's, we, we were, you and I, we were talking about this beforehand. Like, what do you do with Jericho? Do you, do you, you know, kind of put him on the sidelines for a little bit? And I agreed. I, I thought every time Jericho takes a break and he comes back, it's, it's better. It's mm-hmm. even better. This, you keep him in the fold. And again, you're adding layers. And I like that. Yeah. Um, the thing is, though, do you need to switch up Judas now? Because you can't like we've seen Jericho heal and have Judas with the crowd singing and everything. But to me, that kind of takes away from the heelishness. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, and yeah, a couple of things on that one. I would have the first, the next time he comes out, I think you start with Judas and then there's like a record scratch and it goes to a different music, like, and something yeah. completely like fucking opera or something like just okay. something total, maybe not have not have that not be like forever, but just on that night, like, Hey, fuck you guys. You're not singing along. You don't deserve to sing along with my song anymore. The, the second thing I am going to need a good explanation for this. And I think there is one you can have. Um, where it's like these guys let me find like where I am again and all that stuff but it, it was 2.0 and and Garcia who knocked Jericho out yeah. when he was going on his, his tour like so they, they took him out of action and so there was actual physicality there and so I, I do need an explanation of why these guys who were attacking you a month ago are now good enough to be teaming with you. Like I, I do need that kind of, that, that story bridged a little bit. And I trust that EW will do that, but that is something I'm going to need pretty soon here. Yeah. And, and I think just me, I, I, I'm thinking about, you know, the, the way that they can kind of circumvent around this is, Hey, we weren't doing anything. We weren't winning matches as 2.0. Maybe we can have success now. Yeah. With, with what do they call Jericho appreciation society? Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of that. No, no, that's that. It's like it. It, it plays how egotistical Chris Jericho is. Um, but I, I, I don't think I'll be going out and getting a JAS shirt anytime soon. No, absolutely <laughs> not. No, that just uh, it sounds awful. Yeah. Up next, the tag team titles were defended in a three-way tag team match. Uh, Jurassic Express taking on Red Dragon, taking on the Young Bucks. Um, if we are talking about this match again in December for match of the year. I will not be surprised. I thought this match was perfect. That spot with uh, Jungle Boy, where he does the Hurricane Rana off of the top into the German suplex on yeah. uh, Matt Jackson on the uh, on the ground. One of the best sequences I've ever seen. I thought this match had everything. Um, I, I downloaded the Grapple app to give it five stars. Like I, I just, I, I loved this match so, so, so much. Um, I don't even have a question. Just continue to talk about this match's greatness after me. <laughs> no, absolutely. I, yeah. 100% agree. And, you know, last year when we were going through the best and worst of best tag team, uh, we both agreed Young Bucks. And I mentioned, name me a bad Young Bucks match. You can't. Anytime can't the it. Young Bucks are, you can't. Anytime the Young Bucks are in the mix, 
you know it's going to be an instant classic. And this one, if not for match of the night, definitely up there, you know. And and I one of the spots that I loved was our um, Jungle Boy doing the shooting star press. Mm, in, yeah. In, into what was it, Matt? Jack- no, um, I think it was Kyle O'Reilly. But regardless, that was insane. Yeah. And when we talked about predicting this match last week, you could have easily seen all three guys be a champion and be okay with that. And I'm okay with the result here because you now have Red Dragon and the Young Bucks maybe, you know, go. Uh, doing their own separate thing in in a feud of their own yeah which will hopefully eventually lead to a trios match with uh adam cole and kenny back in the mix and oh. yeah again you were furthering the storyline and i am 100 okay with it and the match itself holy shit again uh if it's not match of the night it's right up there yeah yeah it, it's it's my leader right now for match of the year i love this match so much yeah. um yeah. I, I meant to bring this up last week, and now that I'm saying it, I don't know if I did or not. Um, would you do like a United States tag team titles with this division? Because there's so much. Like we, you just said, any of these three teams yeah. could be the tag team t- champions. FTR definitely could be. Moxley and Daniel uh, Brian Danielson definitely could be. Um, yeah. There's a few others where it's like, oh yeah, th- these guys could be tag team champions. I, I honestly think for the first time in like 30 years, I think the tag team division is deep enough that you could do a secondary tag team titles. So we did actually talk about this. Okay. And I mentioned a trios title. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the trios title makes perfect sense. And I don't, though, I don't think they're going to do it until Kenny is back and healthy, Mm -hmm. which I don't think is going to be for a while because I was looking at some of the reports that guy is suffering from like vertigo, like, displaced hips like it just the amount of injuries that guy has gone through because he didn't have a break after he came back from japan and what he what he did in japan oh my god like yeah how is that guy still standing and so yeah take as much time as you want but i don't think they're gonna introduce a trios title until kenny's back in the mix yeah um i do remember us talking about this now so yes thank you for for jogging my memory um up next the face of the revolution ladder match uh for a future AEW TNT championship match wardlow gets the win i thought this was a very creative ladder match like we, we've had a lot of ladder matches and it's kind of a concept that's almost been done to death but i thought this one there was a lot of creativity this time around and, and like you, you got the big dudes doing some stuff Orange Cassidy was hilarious. I hope he's okay. Um, we, we saw him on Dynamite, so it's not too, too bad. But um, the, I, I again, I, I really enjoyed this match. I liked the creativity, and I think the right guy won. Well, what, what did you think? Yeah, uh, I thought when we talked about it, I was okay with pretty much everybody in this match winning, aside from Ricky Starks, because mm-hmm. uh, he has the FTW title, and they need to do something with that because they haven't done anything, really. Uh, but regardless, I thought any of these competitors would be a viable winner. Um, but I was leaning towards Keith Lee and uh, Wardlow. And yeah, Wardlow comes out on top and just it's it was it was a great match. And yeah, you mentioned Orange Cassidy. Hilarious climbing up both Keith Lee and Wardlow just trying to get that that the brass ring and it, oh the the spots, the innovative like it, it was great. I thought yeah. it was it, it, exactly what it needed to do because Anytime the big hosses were in the ring, 
So Ward, though, Keith Lee and Powerhouse Hobbs, like people were just like, oh, what are they going to do? And they yeah. didn't disappoint. Um, in terms of the winner, yeah, like this, this it, it set something up later on in the show with the uh, CM Punk MJF match. And then it set something up on Dynamite with Ward, though, cutting a pretty decent promo. Like he's he's not great at it, but you can tell like he's going to get better. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, this guy is going to be the future of AEW. And, you know, it wouldn't be surprising if, you know, 10, 15 years from now, he's not even wrestling and he's, you know, in movies or something like that. Like there, there's money written all over him. And yeah, right winner, right result. And yeah, fantastic. I thought, I thought it did everything it needed to do. Yeah, I think this was like, obviously this was a great night for a number of different reasons, but I think you can look back on it and back-to-back matches were like, I mean, really back-to-back matches. You have Jungle Boy winning in a title match. You have Wardlow getting a number one contenders match. And then you have Jade Cargill winning in yeah. the, the ABA, um, the AEW TBS championship bout over Ty Conti. And you, you can kind of see like the foundation for the next era of AEW. Cause I think all of them, like they, they talk about the pillars a lot and there's, there's a strong foundation for the future in AEW, but I think Jungle Boy, Wardlow, and Jade Cargill are, are very key parts of it. Absolutely, especially Jade Cargill, because, mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's a reason why she is the TBS Women's Champion, because, you know, that's the face of a, a network, and, you know, she's been doing fantastic work. And if we're talking about at the end of the year, if Cargill continues this, barring any injuries, I think we're talking about Jade being the most improved wrestler of the year. Yeah. Oh, easily. Yes. Yeah. That, that, and that's the thing I like about both Wardlow and, and Jade Carkill is that they're obviously projects, but I, I, a lot of times when you have kind of greener projects who are, are very muscle bound, um, you get a little bit concerned that it's going to be like a Omos or a, a commander Aziz over in WWE, but you can see they are getting better. Like Jade, just in the last few months, even since winning that title, I, I think the tournament was good for her, but I, I think like, you're seeing some improvements in her game and Wardlow, the character development over the last little bit, we'll, we'll get to it later, but that oops in, in the, yeah. the, the match perfection. Like, like just, this. Oh yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, to, to see the growth of these performers has been a, a real joy. And I guess that transitions into the Jade Carkill match against Ty Conti six minutes and 50 seconds. Didn't need to be any longer than that. No, um, no. People bit on one false finish for, for Ty Conti, which is all you needed from this match. I, I thought a, a very, very good match. Yeah, and uh, Jade mm-hmm. kind of introduced a new little, not move, but um, a little a little thing that she does in the ring, and that's uh, kissing her opponent. Mm-hmm. And then she mentioned it on Dynamite being the kiss of death. Like that. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. That's, that's, that's excellent. Um, yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of her with that Mark Sterling fellow. Um, I feel like that kind of cheesies up the gimmick just a little bit, but uh, I understand why, but, um, moving on the dog collar match CM Punk against MJF literal chills during that entrance. When, as soon as like the, the first couple beats hit, it all just like at once swarmed into the brain, like, Oh my God, he's doing ring of honor. And then yeah. he came out in the shorts and the, the, the shorts. Yeah. Yeah. And the jacket and he does the, the X in front of him, like just all of it, just that I, I'm actually getting chills talking about it. Unbelievable. That sets the stage. And also someone mentioned on, on Twitter to me, um, shout out to Willie on Twitter, um, MJF sitting in the corner, like Raven, 
to to do a bit of a, yeah, a callback yeah, to yeah, their yeah. dog collar match. And then again, this match was everything that it needed to be. Yeah, absolutely bloody, brutal, and leading up to it, we were both in agreement that CM Punk needed to win here because it it furthers the story even more. But also, the built like this has to be in the past you know five or ten years this has to be one of the best built-up storylines that we've seen in professional wrestling mm-hmm. and it, it was it was perfect uh you know they had the roh references and they had the roh references leading up to this match and yeah. and i love that i love that and for those who didn't know of of cm punk's old roh theme because that was the thing on twitter like people were losing their shit over this because they were just like whoa what you can't have that like or you can have that but you know at least cater to the casual fans or all that shut up because excalibur even said it during cm punk's intro he was just like hey cm punk's using his old roh theme isn't yeah. that cool yeah sweet tony shivani 70 seconds into the entrance said oh this is a callback and then excalibur yeah. explained it you couldn't wait a minute 10 for the explanation it had to be yeah, yeah i'm a casual fan who didn't like being a fun reminding you tell me man this like yeah even even if you didn't understand the reference at all, it's a badass intro. It really is. It honestly, like the vocals, everything about it, when they hit yeah. that high point, oh, it's beautiful, beautiful. And speaking of beautiful, the match itself, mm-hmm. um, they involve thumbtacks. They they involved uh, MJF asking Punk just to, you know, quit on them like you quit on me in the middle of the match and, and CM Punk saying, eat shit. And I love that. Um, yeah, match itself was fantastic and brutal as hell. And CM Punk said it afterwards. I'm going to be cleaning up dry blood out of my ears for a few weeks. The visual of that, that is, mm-hmm. oh, that is beautiful. And then, yeah, we, we mentioned it before with Wardlow coming out and saying, oops, because oh. MJF asks him, M- Wardlow, Wardlow, give me the ring. Wardlow comes out and Fane's trying to find the ring. Oh, I can't find it. It's not in my pocket. It's not in my breast pocket. It's not in this pocket. Bam, all of a sudden, CM Punk hits a GTS. And then Wardlow looks at, at CM Punk. And we talked about it last week. That this, this could be the turn that Wardlow needed. Yeah. And it, it was. It was done perfectly. Oops. There's the ring. Leaves it on the ramp. Or leaves it on the, on the ring apron. And then CM Punk just smiling. Puts it on. Bam, hits him right in the face with it, with his own ring, wins the match. Perfect. Absolutely yeah. perfect. And I think one thing that a like AEW did this like just so well, because we as wrestling fans are used to the old Batista heel turn. Mm-hmm. How great that was. That was that was also perfect. This is right up there, I guess. Yes. In 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 a different way, in a different fashion. The way that they did it, I thought was great. I thought it was right up there. Yeah, couldn't agree more. I I, I thought it was it, it was perfectly done, and the, the camera work was excellent, and it was a, a great way to do this. Um, I I am intrigued if they do another Punk versus MJF match. I think an I Quit match would be like the perfect way to to kind of conclude this story. But then I don't know if I want either of these guys having to say I yeah, quit um, at that? any point. Yeah. Um, and, and one one thing. Sorry to cut you off, but one no, one thing that I, I I really liked about Dynamite. We didn't see or hear from MJF at all. Yeah. And I like that. Love that kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 
I even yeah. thought the the video package they played of Punk, because um, I, I I've seen about half of Dynamite. Um, full disclosure, yeah, yeah. G G seen the whole thing. Um, but I I thought the video package they played of Punk, where he was like, everyone keeps asking for the old CM Punk, like kind of a be careful what you wish for sort of a tone. Um, but it was taped then like immediately after the the match so yeah. like you, you get to, to kind of sell the effects of everything no i i thought it was all so very well done yeah um up up next Britt baker defeats thunder rosa um it, it does kind of seem like they're they're setting up now with thunder rosa winning on dynamite it seems like they're setting up in san antonio thunder rosa's uh kind of home area that that she is going to get the the title win there which i, I don't mind the the my one issue with this match is that or with this pay-per-view is that I, I don't know if there was enough focus on the women's stuff going into it and that's something i think you can say about aew in general the match was yeah. fine but I, I think that a bit more of the spotlight going on to them going forward would be nice i agree i 100 agree and eddie kingston even kind of alluded to it when him and jericho first got in the ring uh what was it like two three weeks ago maybe he was just like why are we doing this why am i having this conversation with jericho bring some of the women out here let give them some shine you know yeah and and yeah like it, we we touched on it last week like the build up to baker versus rosa i was not sold on it because mm-hmm. they had the 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 tag team match what was it dynamite or rampage regardless but they had the tag team match Rosa wins. And it, I was under the mindset of, I don't like to see the challenger and the champion touch until the pay-per-view, especially if it's a feud like this, where it was in my head, one of the feuds of the year from last year. And, and the build up to this, this match, I, I wasn't huge. Like I wasn't sold on it. The match itself was okay. Like this one, it was okay. But this, I felt like there was something missing. And now that they are uh, fighting each other again for the championship in San Antonio, it's going to be a a cage match now, a steel cage. I think that's maybe what was missing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I I think with all that interference, this is the perfect way to do it, right? Like that, that is the the great, uh, a great way of setting it up. Um, Yeah. yeah, We do got to move along because I want to get you out at the the time we agreed on. Yeah. yeah. Um, But no, I I agree. Like, great. Um, Moxley defeats Brian Danielson at 21 minutes and five seconds. My, my buddy sent me a message. Um, Like this was a match that was like the entire buildup was, we're going to bleed together. There was a lot of blood leading up into this one. So I think that maybe took away from it a little bit. The the match itself was fine. Like you get a a bit of a weird finish, but the the big story of this is the setup and William Regal comes out. Um, I was, at this at this point in the pay-per-view my wife had uh, came home from um a, a night out and i was just i was laying on the couch while it was going on it was a long show and when william yeah. regal came out that's the fastest i have moved in years and she was just like yeah. the way you shot up when he came in and it was one of those things i'm on on twitch after i said it was kind of like the uh, the beginning of the invasion angle when sure. wcw comes in and yeah. all these wwe guys come out to greet them and as they turn around, it clicks in your mind that all these WWE guys are all ECW guys. And it was just like an, oh, shit. Oh, shit. And it was yeah. kind of that with William Regal. It was like, oh, man, William Regal's coming out. And then immediately it clicks. He has 20 years of history with Daniel Bryan. He had yeah. it, a, not a super high bar, but the greatest feud in the history of FCW was William Regal against Dean Ambrose. And he has that history with him as well. And it just like it was an immediate like, oh, damn. Oh, I love this. All the floodgates are open. Everything comes rushing back. And, yeah. and commentary did an amazing job of putting this over as well. 
uh, I think it was Shivani. He was just like, yeah, well, our it's Regal. You know, he has history with both. And and obviously, like we know, well, some of us know that the history with Daniel Bryan was it 20, 21 years. And then yes, the uh, the the history with Moxley as well. And commentary did a fantastic job. But yeah, you mentioned your reaction. I was watching this after I had a family thing. May have had a, a few uh, bevies at, mm. at my family function. Read a couple not books at the library. What's that? Read a couple books from a, a library. Yeah, not gonna mention how many novels I had. But regardless, <laughs> had a few. But re- I I ended up watching this uh, later on that Sunday night. I have never been so sober so fast in my life because I lost my shit. I was just like, "What? Oh my god, yeah. this is insane!" And this is fantastic. And I didn't realize how massive William Regal is as a person when he got into that ring and he's standing next to Moxley, who's also a pretty big dude. And he was just like, shake each other's hands, shake each other's. And like, it just, he's, he sounded like a parent and it, it was eerily reminiscent of me as a child when I was hanging around with my cousins and we're doing bad stuff. And one of our uncles shows up and he just slaps the shit out of us. And just like, get your shit together. All right. Mm-hmm. You're not children. I mean, you are children, but just get it together. It was reminiscent of that. Like this parental figure essentially shake each other's hand. And like the visual, Moxie said it. I don't, you know, want to be with or I don't want to tag with somebody who I haven't bled with. And then the visual, William Regal has blood in his head, on his forehead now. So it was just like, wow, that is yeah. that is a good touch. That is an amazing touch. And then his promo, his first promo on AEW on Dynamite. Oh, masterful. Yeah, masterful. You could see like reminiscent about his first times in in america and you know the mistakes that he made and and how we got to hear his relationship with with shivani and when he started getting teary-eyed i was like oh that is you could tell like that there was some genuine real emotion there and then shivani gets a little emotional as well and then he finally he gets to the brass tacks all right i know daniel bryan from this this and this i think he is the perfect wrestler or i know uh, John Moxley from this, this, and this. I think he is a just a maniacal genius. Put them together. You can't stop us. Fantastic. Love that. Yeah. Love that so much. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, the, the perfect follow-up um, gave, gave me everything I needed to, to set this up. And I am, I am so excited to see where, oh where this whole grouping goes. Um, and it, or, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, just the one thing. When he mentioned that he's, I think he said, 53 years old. Um, yeah. man, no kidding. That dude has lived and he, yeah. he's talked about it. Like he is, yeah. he has definitely lived a hard life, but it's like, he is, he does not seem like he is a decade younger than sting. No, no. <laughs> right? Insane, eh? Yeah. Fuck. Um, and we, we get to that now as sting along with Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen defeat Andrade, Matt Hardy and Isaiah Cassidy. Um, a lot kind of spider webbed off of this on, on dynamite. I'll let you touch on that. Cause you, you got to see a lot of it, but this match, it, it was kind of a nothing. It was a throwaway match. And these guys, it was like, everyone had their specials permanently. Um, Cause it was crazy it was 90 times better than it had any right to be exactly like i thought this was supposed to be similar to what remember big show versus qt marshall yeah uh, prior to uh, what was it uh all out maybe like yeah yeah. i thought this match was going to be like this or or that match but then you look at the competitors you look at you have darby sammy um andrade private party and it's just on well, Isaiah Cassidy but it was just like well ah, 
that match is not this match is not going to be like that because the spots were insane. Sammy jumping off the side or at the top of the uh, entrance ramp. Yeah, Sting obviously doing his thing, jumping off the 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 entrance. Uh, what was that? It was like a balcony was, kind of a thing. Yeah, like a balcony onto two tables or onto Andrade. Like that's an, no, however old he is, should be able to do that. But it's Sting, insane. Yeah, absolutely insane. Um, this match, it, it, you're right. It had no business being as good as it was supposed to be. And then the reverberations afterwards on Dynamite because the ROH, I, I hate the Hardy family office so much. I, yeah. I was not, not a huge fan of that, but then they implode. And with that, private party are just like, yeah, we don't want this. We're going to go join Andreana. Jeff Hardy comes out and by no means did Jeff Hardy come out in, in I need to save my brother. It was Jeff Hardy. I'm going to come out. I'm going to do a little dance first. And then I'm going to go save my brother. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the reaction though, to Jeff Hardy's music, Holy shit. Mm. Insane. Like just the whole building felt like it was shaking. Like it looked like it was shaking because the, the reaction that Jeff Hardy got and the, the crowd was kind of, to get it before when when everybody started ganging up on Matt Hardy, they started chanting Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. And by the way, that was probably the worst kept secret in professional wrestling because yeah. I think we all knew that Jeff Hardy was going to inevitably end up at AEW when he got his release from WWE. And then Jeff himself even said, "Yeah, I signed with AEW to like so in a random interview prior to anybody even saying anything." So again, worst kept secret in wrestling. But yeah, I, I thought it. The way that he debuted could have been a bit better, but mm. he's he's now in AEW and near the end of that entire kerfuffle, you have Matt and Jeff staring at Sting and Darby. Darby basically just mesmerized at the sight of Jeff. Yeah. And I I I am looking forward to what they have in store, but I'm not looking forward to what the hell Jeff and Darby are gonna do to each other's bodies because Man. that's gonna be fucking insane. Yeah, along with the new Jack of AEW Sting, yeah. apparently. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and then also coming out of this, Sammy Guevara uh, defending his, his TNT title against uh, Scorpio Sky, and we have we have a new champion. Um, this is I haven't seen anything from this match aside from the, the graphic, but you you said this match was incredible. This match was fantastic, uh, Scorpio Sky, because he's almost been treated like a joke, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, he's on a, a now year-long win streak essentially he hasn't lost in, in a year but prior to that i honestly like when aew first started all right you have scu huge fan of scu yeah. but i always liked scorpio sky more no offense to frankie and and christopher daniels but i always loved scorpio sky's work i thought that they were going to actually like you know strap the rocket on him not maybe not push him to the moon but like have him in the mix have him in in the main event mix moving forward they didn't really do that from the get-go even though he won the the face of the revolution ladder match what was it last year i believe yep or the year yeah last Last year. year and yeah uh in this match he seemed like scorpio sky scorpio sky the cage fighter and by that, I mean, just very serious, like just methodical. And yeah, it, it was, it was a nice touch. It was nice to see Scorpio sky actually move, re- revert back to that, that old cage rider guy, because 
he is such a phenomenal talent. What he can do in the ring is is fantastic. And his mic work is is great as well. I don't think that they need Dan Lambert, but whatever. No. Um, yeah, they introduced Paige Van De- Vincent. Uh, she signs an AEW contract. Uh, there's Ty, Con- Ty Conti in the mix. She tried to help out Sammy Guevara. Apparently those two are dating. But yeah, uh, Scorpio Sky wins the TNT title. And moving forward, it makes some sense because I don't know about you, um, I wasn't a huge fan of Sammy winning the TNT title again. Mm. Yeah, I, I thought maybe you should have been Andrade. Yeah. I, thought, I was looking forward to uh, an Andrade TNT title reign. That didn't happen. But this one kind of makes sense because the way that I'm looking at it right now. So, yes, you have Wardlow in the TNT title mix. But with that, you can bring in interference yeah. to make sure or though doesn't win and doesn't earn a new contract. And with that, Scorpio Sky remains TNT champion. And with that, they are having a show in California for the first time in what I think ever. Scorpio <laughs> Sky's a California guy. And with him, because he is so good, and not, I'm not taking anything away from Sammy Guevara, but because Scorpio Sky is so good, you can run with Scorpio for a while. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, I, I think it works on a number of different levels. Like I, I thought when um, well, when they won the, the tag titles, SCU, I thought we would get kind of like what, honestly, kind of what we got with Hangman, um, but with Scorpio Sky, where like he spins into a singles run and it's, it's off yeah. the races because in the ring, the, the guy is phenomenal. I think he carries himself well as a character. Um, and I mean, if this isn't the reason he should get it because he is just divert, um, the deserving on his his talents, but uh, the, the the title picture for AEW, I think, could use a bit of diversity. Um, yeah. Way, way, way too many yeah. of the people up at the top look a whole lot like me. Uh, not body uh, shape-wise, but, um, <laughs> you know. Um, but I, I, I think that... Tell. Right, yeah, exactly. Um, I, I think that um, the, the more Scorpio Skies and, and Keith Lees to, towards the, the top of this card, I think the better for, for AEW. Not only because of their talent. I mean, first and foremost, because they are just deserving of it based on their talent. Uh, but the, uh, a bit more diversity, I think, is needed in AEW. Yeah, and they, they did a great step moving forward with that with strange, Shane Strickland. Oh, he, uh, yeah. He showed, up, he showed up on Dynamite saying, hey, I have a match on Rampage. It's going to be my first one. It's going to be him and Tony Nese. And they mentioned, hey, we, we, we used to do it all the time on Friday nights. Let's do it again now. I can't wait for that. He, th- there is a, a swagger to that guy. And I get that it's, it's cliche to say that, but there is just like that it factor that everyone talks about. I cannot he look away from the TV when he comes on. And, and I even texted you afterwards. His theme music. I can't wait for them to actually bring out like an official, official track of that because that's going to yeah. be in my mix. It sounds awesome and I'll, yeah i can't i can't wait for strickland to to get into action because i th- w- one of the things that i absolutely loved about revolution and i texted you this as well um we as fans of aew are almost conditioned to expect surprises yeah and debuts and whatnot there weren't a whole lot of that or there weren't many there were only basically two it was strickland and william regal yeah. And I'm okay with that. I'm very much okay with that because it puts the focus on the actual wrestling itself and the performers in the ring and the performers currently on the roster. And there were only two. And both are going to be very impactful in my head moving forward, especially he has, he's going to be 
I think, um, and I think we both agree, um, a, a figurehead for ROH when, yeah. whenever that happens. But now with Strickland, how WWE missed the ball on this is beyond me because he he has, as you mentioned, he has it. He has everything that you need. He has that swagger. He can do it in the ring. He can talk on the mic. And, oh, I cannot wait for what they have in store for him. Yeah. Um, also, quick note, I, I have pre-ordered the WWE video game, so I got to play it Friday night. He's still in the WWE video game. Uh, I can't wait to, to make him. Are. Yeah. Yeah. I think the last five AEW debuts are, are still in the, the game. So yeah, like Buddy um, Murphy, I think, is still in there. Mia Yim's in twice. Uh, yeah. she, she's in as herself and as Reckoning or whatever the fuck. That's um, yeah. So how um, is the game, by the way? I don't know. I, I get to play it on Friday. Um, oh, okay. So yeah, I, I haven't had a. Ch- I I pre-ordered the wrong thing, so I, I don't get the the early um, whatever. I, I get it when everyone else gets it coming what out on, you on Friday. The wrong thing. Well, I, I thought just pre-ordering in general, you got three days extra, but you had to pre-order the NWO bundle, which was another seventy dollars, which was okay. Fuck uh, that. Too then. much for me. So yeah, yeah. I'm excited. Yokozuna is going to be in the game too. That uh, that got me quite excited. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, the, the night ends with Hangman Page against Adam Cole for the AEW Championship. This one, like, we got a bit of the interference. We didn't see as much of it as, uh, as I was anticipating. I, I thought yeah, it would be, yeah. I thought it'd be like a Russo-era Monday Night Raw where just everyone is coming out. Like, Don Callis hits a pile driver on someone at some point. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, but th- this was... Speaking of, we saw him for a little bit on this show. Yeah. Uh, they, they teased, hey, we have the return of Kenny Omega, plays music. No, it's Don Callis. So and- good. Yeah, it was really good because, again, it's in your head. It's just like, oh, okay, I, I haven't forgot about Kenny Omega, but I know that there is still a figurehead involved with him. And, and yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Um, and I, I'm interested to see what they do with that after because I, I want Kenny to come back as a baby face. Yeah, um, I think a lot but- of us do, yeah. Yeah, so we'll see what, what that relationship looks like. Um, but Adam Page does get the win here over Adam Cole. I thought this match was excellent. Uh, this is this match is match of the night on most other shows ever, but just this t- that night was crazy. So it was tough to tough to follow everything, but still, I, I thought an, an excellent, excellent main event. Yeah, I, I had so match of the night. Obviously, the uh, I'm going back because you know I mentioned is the tag team title match match of the night but this is right up there for me anyways as well because they put out all the stops for this like everything all the hits were in this match and yeah Yeah. you mentioned and i think we both agreed i thought there was supposed to be or uh, there were going to be uh, just so much interference Mm -hmm. in in, in an insane amount of it maybe even uh, uh kenny omega coming back but none of that and again i'm okay with that because the match itself was beautiful yeah. so many different layers the way that they set it up yeah so when i was in roh adam cole was the man was the absolute man i was just a rookie now we're in AEW. i'm the man at our and adam cole is just coming in like it, it, it was a, it was a good juxtaposition i really enjoyed that and then the match itself yeah again all the hits all this like adam cole couldn't lower the boom or hit the boom because you know he didn't have his knee pad or he has knee pad on and all that stuff and then the table spot, you know, the, the, the buckshot. And it was just, oh, it was, it was beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. There, there weren't really any lulls in this match either. No. And yeah, it was, it was great. It was yeah. absolutely fantastic. 
Yeah, I, I think it was another match that uh, another match that Adam Page I think kind of needed um, to to build the, this title resume. I, I thought like obviously the Brian stuff was excellent. Um, I, I thought the Archer stuff like the final match was good, but I thought the the story was a bit of a lull. Um, yeah, but, and and yeah. now we we've kind of gone back up with with Adam Cole here. I, I'm interested in some of the Dark Order stuff because they they kind of tease that maybe they they're did, not on yeah. the same page. Um, yeah. so, uh, we're going to get, um, a Johnny Hungy title match in, in 2022. Um, or but maybe uh, Alex Reynolds, because Alex Reynolds was the guy that uh, hangman pushed. And yeah, the, again, they alluded to that even on BTE yep. and they alluded to that on dynamite. And yeah, I, again, you were adding stories, you're adding layers to this story and I love it so much. I yeah. love it. Oh, <laughs> I, I completely agree. Um, yeah, no, and it's just the well, one thing I thought during the show, and it's I don't even want to say it's petty because I, I have no reason to care, but didn't exactly miss Cody on this show, right? Like yeah. that that's that feels yeah. like a drive-by, like completely unnecessary. But yeah. it was like <laughs> whether it be the dynamite since he's been gone or this, I, I wasn't like, man, you know what? This show needed a little yeah. bit of Cody. Yeah, do you know what this show needs? Five minutes of pyro, an <laughs> elevator, and a two-minute match from Cody. Yeah, that's what's missing. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not, not so much um, with yeah. that. A couple other notes from, um, from, from dynamite. We, I think we've covered most of the major stuff. FTR are now baby faces. Um, yeah, as well, they fired Tully Blanchard. So they, yeah, like they fired, they fired him, but like, I don't necessarily think that they are baby faces because they want to face the young bucks and the young bucks aren't baby faces either. So mm-hmm. it's just, it's, 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 it's a good little wrinkle. And again, I think, so we've seen so many implosions, basically, mm-hmm. from, from Revolution and then from Dynamite, Inner Circle, um, Matt Hardy's, whatever the fuck you want to call that thing. Uh, now, I think the pinnacle is over. I think so. Yeah, I would assume so. Yeah. I, I think you, you might just have NJF and Sean Spears, but who knows how long that's going to last for. But I think, yeah, yeah the pinnacle's over. Well, and, and so now you have Tully and Arn kind of, in a holding pattern like Arn was with Cody and now like it's as cool as it is that he's managing his son he's kind of wasted just being on dark elevation every week sure um so I want I want one of these teams or one of these guys to manage my dream team of the kings of wrestling coming back with Claudio Castagnoli and um I Cassius Ono Chris Hero um yeah i i want those guys coming back and i want one of these two dudes managing them i i will never give up on this uh pairing of those two guys <laughs> i like that because if they come back as faces you can have Arn, and if they come back as heels you can have tully yep so it's yeah i like that um yeah i'm, I'm a fan of that i i just i really just want to see claudio castanoli versus kenny omega i just want to oh. see that I just oh, want to see that. And yeah, and yeah like I, I am admittedly a, a huge Kenny Omega fan, but like, how can you not be? And, and when you have matchups and dream matchups like this, come on now, just yeah. eventually get there, but I want to see it. Yes. I need, I need this pandemic to be over too, so that we can get Claudio out in new Japan. Him oh against him against Minoru Suzuki would be Holy amazing. Shit. Him against Okada, like just Ishii, all of, all of them. I, I want to see yeah. it all. So let's, let's wrap up this whole, the world's ending thing. Um, yeah. and, and let me get my think, professional I wrestling. Think, I think honestly, that's just, I, that's the perfect place for Claudio right now is new Japan. Yeah. I completely agree. Um, and it it does seem like things are opening up a little bit more. And so I, my guess is this G1 this year is going to be bananas. I hope so. 
I really honestly hope so. Because yeah. you can have fuck. Can you imagine Daniel or Brian Danielson in there? Oh, even CM Punk, maybe. Yeah. Kenny Omega going back. Like, holy shit. Even like, like, I want like um I want Swerve in like the um best of the super juniors. Super like juniors, I, I want yeah. I, I want this to be a, a good partnership where we get a lot of that stuff. Um yeah. so it's as always. It's an exciting time to be a wrestling fan, um, <laughs> un- unless you watch uh, Monday Night Raw. Uh, but still, uh, Stone Cold's coming back, so uh, even that's yeah, a, a little bit exciting. <laughs> but it's Ray. only the KO show. It's not a match. It's the KO show. Exactly. Exactly. He's going to give him a stunner, and that's it. There's your match right there. Right. Uh, G, it. always a pleasure, sir. Thank you very much for, for doing this. I told you I'd get you out at a certain time. We have hit that, so uh, the, the buzzer is sounded. We have hit yeah. our time limit. Um, the, the explosion is underwhelming. But um, we, we've we, the, the buzzer has gone like off. Death match. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, thanks for this, man, and we'll we'll be talking again soon. Yeah, buddy. Hi, I'm Kim Carson, and I'm Peter Klein, and this is We Had No Idea, a podcast about world events that you know about, but might have fallen asleep for during history class or social studies. However, you learned history in high school. Each week, we'll do a deep dive into important topics throughout history. So whether you already know everything or feel like you need to top up on some history, we'll be here for you. Listen to us each week wherever you get your podcasts. Woo! Very pleased to be joined now by one of the best wrestlers in Canada. He is Gino DiPaoli's favorite wrestler, uh, forever that means to you. He is the Canadian crusher, AJ Sanchez. AJ, thanks for doing this today. How are you? Uh, man, I'm good. It's a little earlier than I like to be awake, but uh, I'm fantastic and I appreciate you having me. Well, I appreciate you uh, waking up a little bit earlier than you would like for this. Um, so I guess for, for people uh, unfamiliar, who is AJ Sanchez? Deep intellectual oh, questions at 10 in the morning. That's a, <laughs> that's a very complex question. Um, one of which I'm not going to give the full answer to. Um, but in short, uh, the, the AJ Sanchez, the Canadian crusher, is, uh, is, a, is a loudmouth, mouthy uh a professional wrestler of just about 20 years and uh, a loud brash and uh, you know, we'll uh, take any opportunity to take a shortcut if need be. Um, that, that um, kind of boisterous personality that, that, that comes with confidence. I, I'm assuming like that there, you have to, you have to feel a little, a certain way to be able to, to talk that much. Where does that come from for you? So I, uh, my family uh, is involved in like the DJ industry. So uh, you know, weddings and all that kind of stuff. So I think just at a young age, because I, I do remember, you know, being shy and timid at certain points when I was younger. Uh, but I think just uh, at a young age, I was thrust into being in front of audiences and crowds and, and just having to speak and having to do those things. Um, so, you know, I think that probably stems a lot from that and getting comfortable at a young age. Uh, now with your, your in-ring style, obviously there, there is a, a level of physicality to it, but there's also like the, there's the moonsaults and there's the, the high flying stuff that you wouldn't necessarily expect. Um, I guess, has that always been a type of wrestling that that's interests you and, and where did that style or kind of mix of styles, I guess, come from? Um, you know what I was, uh, I was always trying to find something to do that, to set me apart and make me different. Uh, and that's kind of, kind of where it came. Uh, when I started doing it, I was much smaller at the time. So, uh, I'm pretty glad that, uh, you know, given all the, uh, the mass that has been put on, I'm still able to, well, I shouldn't say I'm, I'm grateful that I can still do it because most of the time I, I tend to miss that moonsault every time I try. So maybe not so grateful because it's starting to, uh, starting to take its toll. Um, but yeah, I just try to do something to set me apart and just be different. And, you know, not many people at 
present day 400 pounds are doing backflips and twists off the top rope. So, um, and probably for good reason, because I seem to keep breaking that Can-Am wrestling ring sometimes. So (laughs) these things happen. Yeah. Uh, In basketball, they say miss till you make and make till you miss, right? So just like keep rolling with it. Just keep going, man. Yeah, that's fine. I'm going to get it eventually. One day, you know. And when that hits, oh boy, look out. If I'm breaking the ring now, I, I hate to be the guy that's under me when I land. <laughs> um, now, watching you a number of times with a, a few different promotions now, there, there is, uh, like we talked about, there's a level of entertainment factor. Um, but I'm, I'm also supposed to not like you um, as the, the deplorable human being that you are. Um, yeah. Is that a, a difficult balance to, to walk where it's like, I, I want to be entertaining. I want to put on a show, but also I need all of you to hate me. Yeah, you know what? It took it took a while to kind of figure that out. So when I was, uh, I don't know, I'd say 10, 12 years ago when I was still, you know, figuring out who I was, what I was doing, a lot of the times I uh, I tend to to focus on on uh, comedy and, and being funny because I think that that's just naturally my, uh, you know, naturally my pers- personality and persona. Um, so a lot of the times I would come out of a match and people would be laughing with me uh, which is not the objective when I go out there trying to get people to hate me. So um, over the last several years, I've really figured out how to make the joke, uh, you know, be on me so that when we're done, uh, I'm the butt of the joke. So people are laughing, but hopefully they're laughing at me uh, as opposed to when I was younger, when I couldn't figure this out where they were laughing with me, which was, you know, against the objective. So um, I've, I've kind of figured that out, uh, uh, you know, as time goes on, but I think, at the end of the day, um, you know, just where we are in professional wrestling in general in 2022, uh, people can see the people that are, are really good at this and that are natural at this. And and with with everybody using the term art and performance art and all these things, um, I think when all said and done, they still may boo me. But when things are done, they're like, man, you're you're pretty entertaining. And, and they're aware of that. You know what I mean? It's less. Mm-hmm about good guy versus bad guy in the fight and, and hating this guy and more of uh, applauding the performance, uh, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I'm not sure. Uh, but I think that's where people are, you know, in 2022. Yeah. Is that something you think w- would change? Cause like, it does kind of feel like the toothpaste is out of the tube with that, where it's now like, I, I, I don't need to throw like a, a roll of quarters at you or anything like that, because I hate you so much. I'm just there kind of for the entertainment. Do you think that's, that's kind of here to stay now? I guess and no, because I don't think it's like that with every audience. Uh, if you okay. want to throw anything at me, rolls of loonies would be much more <laughs> appreciated. But that's fair. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's not not every audience because there's different places you go. Uh, I've been to different parts of the country and different parts of North America where, nah, man, they still fully buy into what you're doing and believe in what you're doing, and you know want to suspend their disbelief and be a part of that show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think uh, you know just the business is so exposed. Uh, and has been for some time now that, you know, people are applauding the performance almost as if it's a theater or or something like that, as opposed to coming there and getting mad at the bad guys and throwing those quarters or, or whatnot and, and cheering the good guys. But that, that still exists. Don't get me wrong. But, right. um, you know, I think there's just it's just more people are exposed to, to how this works and and uh, are just there to, to be a part of the performance. Uh, I, I don't want to kind of belabor the point too, too much, but th- there are a few times where a lot of your interactions are with people in the crowd. Um, is that something when you're coming out, it's like, oh, you, yeah, I'm, I, I've got you tonight. Like, do, do you kind of like scout as you're going along or is there just kind of a, oh, you've reacted this way. I'm going over to you now. 
Yeah. So I, uh, I, you know, I was taught when I was younger to always, you know, watch the shows, watch the other matches and uh, just pick apart and, and, you know, make points of certain things to, to remember and to do. So um, I go out of my way to watch, you know, every show as much as I can. Uh, and yeah, so what, by doing that, I, I realized, okay, this side's reacting. I realized, Oh, there's pretty girls on that side or, Oh, you know, there's this over there. Uh, or in medicine hat, uh, Dwayne Soper's kid, he's yelling a lot and I'll try and go in another direction. You know what I mean? Things like that. So, um, you know, I, uh, yeah, you, you kind of pick apart and look and watch as, as the night progresses and, mm-hmm. and, you know, make notes for yourself. Now you, you mentioned a couple of times you've been doing this for a minute now, uh, 20 years is it, it, it's a time, man. Um, that, that would put you in the, the, the veteran category. Um, is that a like locker room vet? Is that a, a role you take seriously? Because at the, the back alley, the way it's set up, your guys's locker room is like right in line with where I would go to the bathroom and I'll see you guys talking with you all the time. And at the merch table there, there's people kind of with a, a piece of your ear chatting as well. Maybe it's just circumstantial and I'm just seeing all the times, but it seems like someone's always, asking you about something is that a role you kind of take pride in so we joke in winnipeg that once you've hit like the three-year mark you've hit veteran status <laughs> and uh, so i like to think that i've been here for about 17 years now but uh no you know what um i'd like to say that people like me and you know they're just having conversation with me about everyday things uh but i don't know if that's fully the case sometimes so no i'm kidding but um yeah you know what i i think uh at this stage of the game, people realize that I've been around a little bit, you know, I've had the opportunity to dabble my feet in traveling a little bit. Um, I've had the opportunity thanks to, you know, wonderful promoters and and people putting me in these positions to work with literally any, any big name that's ever come through Manitoba, which is a lot. Um, I've had the opportunity to work with those guys and learn Um, not to mention uh, being on, you know, tours that lasted 38 days long across Canada um, you just get a level of experience that uh, you just can't find when you wrestle once a month, you know, in, in your own home territory or whatnot. Um, time in the business doesn't necessarily, you know, equate to veteran status, so to speak. Um, you know, I'm going to look at a guy that's traveled and worked with and, you know, just been in the trenches, so to speak. I mean, I've driven 30 plus hours to New York just to miss a show or, you know what I mean? Or, or to make 10 bucks driving to Boston, you know what I mean? Like things like that. So, um, I think guys are starting to look to me in that aspect, but I also like picking apart matches. I like looking and, and just seeing things that I see and trying to help, uh, and try to give back and, and things like that. Uh, cause there were guys that did that for me as well. So mm-hmm. if I'm able to do so, if I'm able to help any, which way I can, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. Uh, and that goes the other way around. I love when guys are watching my stuff and giving me pointers on things to do. It's just, we're trying to get as, as you know, as good as we can be at this level. And, and I think that's the goal. Who were some of the, those vets for you? I, I know, again, we're, we're asking you to be a whole lot nicer than you generally are here, but um, who, who were some of the, the, those vets that kind of helped you along the way? Yeah, so when I was younger, uh, guys like Robbie Royce, um, he doesn't realize it a whole lot, but like Mentolo, who's only got a couple more years on me, but he, when I was younger, I got thrust in the position to work with him. Uh, driving in the cars with guys like Danny Duggan, mm-hmm. um, Kevy Chevy, uh excuse me, Stefan Epic, some of the, the local Winnipeg guys. Um, we've had the opportunity to just sit there and you hear all the stories from guys like Shawn Michaels and the click. And they just, you know, they sat in the car and they just talked wrestling and like, that's really what it is. So, um, you know, a lot of the times we'd be driving 
you know, I've driven 20, 30, you know, 30 plus hours to a show. And it's just, um, you know, we're talking and trying to evolve and pick apart what we did and, and, and things like that. So uh, I'm sure there's more guys that I'm missing and I apologize, but uh, you take something from everybody. And then we've had the opportunity to, to do shows and tours. I mean, we did so many tours with Road Dog and Billy Gunn, who were just phenomenal uh, you know, in teaching and just being on the road and, and living that life. And I mean, Oh five, Johnny divine was, was in Manitoba and he was set up training with the company that was there. So like, you know, I guess essentially much like you, you say, it takes a village to raise a child. Uh, very similar in this aspect. Now with uh, Can-Am specifically, um, there's a lot of very young talent that, that is going through there right now coming out of the, the Alberta Wrestling Academy. Um, and I would imagine that that kind of vet status is, is all that more important. When you're out there in the ring with some of those kids, is it a little bit difficult? Like I need to make sure you're getting everything in, but I also kind of don't want to look awful either. Like, is that a difficult balance to, to kind of walk? No, I just beat the shit out of him. <laughs> Fair point. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, you know what? It's, um, you're always taught like, you know, if you're good, you'll be able to get something good out of something else or, or sorry, somebody else. So um, I like being thrust into those positions where I'm able to teach and to lead and give whatever uh, little bit of advice that I have, uh, you know, and bestow that on, uh, those kids there they've got such a great thing going at the Alberta Wrestling Academy I can't I cannot say enough good they've got a great facility a gym right built into the building like everything they've got a cafe uh, the Can-Am cafe like things are are so good there I wish I had that here uh, in Winnipeg unfortunately you know we're, we're not that lucky but um, no I like working with the young kids but at the same you know in the same token um, I like working with the guys like Josh Alexander and Mel Mentolo and uh, you know, the more experienced guys on the crew, there's guys like Steve Rivers, Steve Wild. Um, there's so much experience on that crew. Um, I like working with those guys because I, I hope that they're going to challenge me uh, and give me something different to do, uh, you know, just so I personally, for my own sake, don't feel stale. Makes it worth it with uh, working with all those guys, even though you have to deal with Mark the Shark DiCarlo every time, hey? Oh, don't get <laughs> me started. I've got some stories. Got some well, I can stories. only imagine. Um <laughs> Working around the, the country and around the, the continent, the, the way that you have, you brought that up before, um, talking with, with um, Sydney Steele and, and Sean Martins earlier this week, and we, we kind of talked about like different places having different styles. And it's not necessarily something I, I've thought of in, in 2022, but is that something you're aware of? Like, okay, I'm in Winnipeg tonight, I need to work X way, and I'm in Ajax, Ontario, I need to do this. And now I'm in um, Airdrie, I need to do it this way. Is that kind of something that you keep in the back of your mind of, okay, I'm in this place, so I need to do this thing yeah 100% so I've learned over the years that uh you know just to, to be versatile and uh I could go I literally have gone and done matches in the ring with guys like the honky-tonk man where we didn't say a word to each other and just went in and we did it and things were fine and he was happy with it uh and then I've done matches where you know, every little thing is, is kind of, we, you know, we know the path we're on and, and that's what we're going to do. And I pride myself on being able to walk and talk, uh, if you will, is, uh, how we, we call it or go in there and just, uh, you know, perform and, and stick to a certain script, so to speak. Um, so I, you know, it's, again, goes back to just sitting and watching the show, watching the crowd, what they're responding to, what's happening that night. Uh, and having the the mind and, and the wherewithal to know 
ah, this is working for those guys. This is not working for those guys. And uh, to make sure I go out there and do, you know, what's needed on any given night. Now we've talked about how um, valuable experience can be the last couple of years. That's been difficult to get um, looking at, at your stats specifically on cage match um, 2019, you had 90 matches. According to them, it might be a little bit more. You might've arrested some dude in a parking lot. Um, and then, but uh, 2020, 21 and 22 so far, you're at 91 matches. So one more match in the last three years than you had in 2019 alone. How difficult ha- has that been to just have that level of inactivity during this pandemic? Yeah, so I've been fairly blessed. Throughout the pandemic, we had a training center here, a building set up with a ring set up 24-7. So um, I was able to keep busy. Uh, you know, I was I was training and teaching uh, some of the students out here at the Elite Wrestling Academy. So that kept me busy. But yeah, man, before everything happened within the last couple of years, you know, 2019, I think, yeah, that's pretty accurate. It was just, a, just about 100 matches. So they're missing a couple. Uh, cause I have them marked down, but, uh, 2020 literally before, you know, before everything happened, I was on pace to go back down to Mexico. I had made a contact with Juventud Guerrera up here through one of the tours. Uh, I was, I had set up training in Florida, uh, and in Vegas. And, um, I mean, we just like, we had just recorded, uh, Chris Jericho's podcast around, uh, uh, and whatnot. So like 2020 was looking amazing uh as far as uh, you know for me and then pandemic hits and and here we are so um i've just i've tried to keep busy and uh luckily we for the most part we had a ring set up so while i wasn't getting the shows because they just weren't available to us um still getting ring time and trying to stay in in whatever sort of shape i'm in now for for can-am wrestling um a couple weeks ago title match against uh, cheetah bear doesn't necessarily go your way uh who who's in the crosshairs for aj sanchez now who, who's the next on the canadian crushers uh, to-do list man who's not in the crosshairs um you know i like uh i like the tag team titles i i i've first off back in the day like the the old wwf 80s 90s tag team titles just to look i loved those and the can-am tag titles kind of looked that way too um, so those are my favorite titles back in the day. So maybe that's on the table. Uh, maybe the women's titles on the table. I don't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, maybe I much like trying to hit that moonsault. I just keep trying and trying and trying again uh, against the cheetah bear and trying to get that can and title. So uh, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm ready and willing, uh, you know, for whatever's in my path. Um and I guess people will just have to tune into Slam TV and check out Can-Am Wrestling and all the various towns they're running and see uh, see what uh, the plans are and what holds for my future. I appreciate you trying to do the, the belt collector thing, but I, I, I've seen Cat Funnies in the gym before. I, I would steer clear of that one, like the tag team titles, heavyweight title, one thing, but I, I, I would stay clear of Cat if I were you. Just some unsolicited advice here. She is a beast. So you might be right on that. Um, the thought, the thought process was there aren't a ton of women. So I could probably jump up in the rankings pretty quickly mm. and receive that title shot. But uh, yeah, I'll maybe, I'll maybe heed your advice on that one. Yeah. Yeah. If, if they come in with like the, uh, like the North American title for the, the women's side, then just like, boom, right there. Yes. Yeah. That's 100%. Yeah. <laughs> um, AJ, where can people find your stuff, man? Uh. Yeah, pretty simple. I'm on Facebook for the most part. Uh, just search up AJ Sanchez LaRock. Uh, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Canadian Crusher, where you can go get some uh, some merchandise and some merchandise that's uh, 
strictly on that website, not something that I carry on my person whenever I'm at shows. But I think that's it. Twitter at Crusher AJ. I'm pretty, uh, I'm not super, super uh, involved on Twitter, but because uh, I think it's a cesspool. So, uh, <laughs> but I'll get there eventually. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much uh, the socials, I think, there. All right, uh, man, this was a lot of fun. I could do this all day. Thank you. And uh, I'm sure I'll be bugging you again soon. Yeah, man. Thank you. And thank you for that mustache, by the way. <laughs> you are very welcome. All right. So thank you to Girana and thank you to AJ Sanchez for coming on the program today. A uh, reminder, you can find me on social media, Twitter and Instagram. I am at primetimecline, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. We are coming to you from the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions broadcast studio. Join the March Madness promotion. If you phone and book and mention you want to book the March Madness promotion from Clearwater Cleaning Solutions, you will get 10% off your first invoice with them. Find them online, Clearwater Cleaning Solutions. Uh, Twitch.tv slash PK is the place to find me on that particular site. You can email the show, couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. Hoping to have a lot of Twitch content coming this weekend as I have the WWE video game now, so we're going to be looking at a lot of first play stuff with that. Thank you all so, so much for tuning in today. Talk to you all next week. I'm out.